Has your brand been struggling to reach the correct audience when advertising? We've all done it. Maximize privacy filters on our phones and apps because who wants to be talking about something for it to pop up mysteriously later? It's weird and everyone hates it. Did you know that podcast advertising is way more effective than display advertising? With 67% of listeners remembering brands and 63% making a purchase after hearing them. You know how much we love Zencaster, and their new creator network is no different. Whether you want to diversify your ad spend, add a new marketing stream, or test out podcast ads, Zencaster's creator network makes it easy for brands to connect with podcasters. Zencaster's creator network is a perfect place for you to get into podcast ads and sponsor your favorite creators, like us. So stop wasting advertising dollars on ad campaigns that aren't targeting your niche audience. Let Zencaster's Creator Network match you with podcasters who can ensure that your target audience is being reached. We love Zencaster so much and being able to see ad opportunities come across our dashboard with a percentage match to see how much our audiences line up is game changing. It helps creators really get behind brands that mean something to them. And with a podcast show for just about anything you can think of, your brand is no exception. Are you interested in sponsoring this show or podcast ads for your business? Go to zen.ai slash gruesome and fill out the contact information so Zencaster can help you bring your business story to life. Welcome to Gruesome, your horrific true crime podcast. I am Connie and crusher of souls meg is gonna tell us about the murder of peter aston and i only say that because she just told me this was the worst case she's ever done so well so you know that i love our australian listeners like they're my favorite they send the best emails we have a a special place in our heart for our australian listeners i am obsessed with them yeah and because we love them so much i was like you know what i want to do an australian case and they brought me one of the worst cases that I think I've ever covered. And I Sounds was sorry. Right. <laughs> you said something and I was like, said, is it a bad one? And I, yep, it's the worst. And your face was just like, oh, great. This is going to be the best. Yeah. Yep. Here we go. It's uh, your trigger warnings. We've got crimes against children, sexual assault, kidnapping, murder, and being buried alive. Oh, that's my biggest fear. Biggest fear. Yeah, it sounds terrible. That should be everyone's biggest fear. It's time for first with getting nuclear, getting getting nuked. Nuclear war is like a significant concern of mine. I know. I think we've talked about that before, about how you're afraid of war. War. Sometimes if I hear like a really screechy noise outside, I'm like, that's it. That's the bomb. It's, it's coming. coming. <laughs> My house. That's where it's going. <laughs> and the worst part is like it's 2022. So it could be. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Wait, wait. Let's, let me stop and get let Meg get back on topic. On May 4th, 1982, a panicked 13-year-old scrambled into his house in Marsden which is in Queensland, Australia, Terry Ryan found his mother and recounted a horrific tale that no parent could ever fathom hearing from their child. Two people 
had forced Terry to sexually assault and torture his best friend, Peter. And then those same two people had thrown Peter into a shallow grave and buried him alive. His mother immediately called the police. Peter Aston and Terry Ryan had met at Kingston State School and recently become very good friends. Peter was the new kid. He was tall and lanky. He wore Coke bottle glasses, which made him a target for schoolyard bullying. Peter and Terry avoided the bullies by skipping school and causing a ruckus about town. So it wasn't unusual when Terry explained to the police that he and Peter had skipped school on the morning of May 4th. It was a pretty regular occurrence for them. They would skip school and just run around town. Peter had planned to hitchhike to visit his older brother in Melbourne. And I googled that distance, and Google said that driving from Marsden to Melbourne is like a 17-hour drive. So this isn't like, I'm going to hitchhike a couple of hours up the road. This is hitchhiking for what I would think is a couple of days. And I don't know what the public transportation situation was in Australia, but it seems pretty extreme. Terry had agreed to go with him to Gold Coast, which was only about an hour away from their original destination. But he was going to return home that night and allow Peter to continue that journey on his own. At 8.30 a.m. on May the 4th, the boys met at a local creek before they headed to a nearby lake and goofed around until nearly 10.30 a.m. when they decided to catch a train into Brisbane. Then they got off at the Brunswick Street Station and headed into a mire which I believe is a department store. And while they were there, they each got shoes, jeans, and a shirt. And I read that the boys did shoplift frequently. So I believe, I don't know if they stole that stuff, but I'm thinking that they might have been shoplifting. May not have, though. After that, they caught another train to Woodridge and went to a Kmart where they got a carton of cigarettes. And then they got on another train and found themselves at a Kohl's where Terry said that they each got a jacket. So they were all over the place. Yeah, that's that's a lot. It's quite a quite a day for <laughs> for skipping school. Right. After they got jackets, it was the early afternoon and they began walking south and hitchhiking down the Gold Coast Highway. Shortly after they began walking, they came across a man wearing jeans and a sweater. He was looking under the hood of his yellow Daihatsu, which is a car that we don't really have in the U.S. There was a second man in the passenger seat of the car, and without thinking much about it, the boys asked. They were like, hey, would you guys be willing to give us a ride down this, the coastal highway? The man under the hood said that they were lucky because he had just finished fixing what was wrong, and he would be happy to give them a ride. The men said that their names were Bob and Paul. Bob, the driver and the man who had been working on the car, looked much older than the passenger, Paul. Paul got into the back seat and let Peter sit shotgun next to Bob, and Terry scooted into the back seat with Paul, and they told them what their names were. It was only moments after they were headed down the highway that Paul reached under a blanket that had been on the floorboard and pulled out a rifle and aimed it directly at Terry's head. Bob pulled the car over again. Paul was pointing the gun at Terry, but informed Peter that if he tried to move, he would put a bullet in his head or his back. The men each produced a pair of handcuffs and told the boys that they were police from Miami, and then they handcuffed each of them. 
They had been driving again for a while after that when Peter told the men that his hands hurt from the way that they were handcuffed. So they pulled over and adjusted the cuffs. But the violence began to mount while they drove down the highway. Both of the boys were hit in the face, and Peter had the rifle jabbed into his chin. By the evening, the car had crossed the border into New South Wales, and they pulled onto a deserted off-road. After they pulled onto this deserted off-road, Terry was pulled out of the car and searched. He was forced to bend over the vehicle with his hands on the hood, and they just kind of like did the feel pat-down search. Yeah. Afterwards, in addition to the handcuffs that were on his hands, they also put a pair of thumb cuffs on his fingers, which are just like tiny handcuffs just for your fingers. Peter was unhandcuffed, and Bob yanked him from the car and threw him into the dirt. Terry recalled the experience, saying that they were dragged along the ground toward the beach. The men were very rough with them, and then they made both boys lay on the ground with their legs and arms spread out before Peter's clothes were forcibly removed. Although it was now dark out, Terry recalled clearly what happened because the moon had been bright and full. While Terry was made to lie on the ground with his hands cuffed behind him, he was forced to watch his best friend be beaten mercilessly by two adult men. He heard the crack as they hit Peter with the butt of the rifle so hard that the rifle broke. Peter laid there while the men brought out several knives and began stabbing him. They shoved his own shirt into his mouth to stop him from screaming. Terry was punched in the face by Bob and blood gushed from his nose. Paul then used a leather punch to punch holes in Peter's ears. And he saved the flesh that he had punched out in a medicine bottle that he had. The boys were then forced to perform oral sex on one another, and Bob cut Peter's pubic hair and forced Terry to eat it. And these, they're kids. These are 13-year-old kids. And I just, I feel like disgust and rage and just, it's just, it's awful. Peter attempted to escape a number of times, even though he was handcuffed, he was nude, he had been repeatedly stabbed. Paul chased him down and they would put the thumb cuffs on him and they put them on his toes as well. He was able to get out of them and he tried to run again, but unfortunately he was brought back each time while Terry was held by the collar of his shirt and forced to watch. Bob retrieved a shovel from the back of his vehicle and proceeded to brutally beat Peter in the head with it. Terry's thumb cuffs were removed, but his handcuffs were left in place when Paul handed him the shovel, and they told Terry to hit Peter in the head. And he did it until the men seemed content, because what else was he supposed to do? He said he hit him as soft as he could, but he just didn't, you know, again, he's a child. Yeah, he's 13. Peter was lying on the ground with his blood everywhere, and Terry was desperate to survive. So with the hope that these criminals that stood before him would go along, he asked if they could remove the handcuffs so that he could join them. Bob and Paul asked how they could trust him, and Terry used the fact that he had just been forced to beat his own friend with a shovel as an example and said, well, you seen me hit him on the head, didn't you? The men continued the assault on Peter by shaving off all of his hair and stabbing the boy in the head. 
Paul sexually assaulted Peter while Bob removed the cuffs from Terry and the two of them walked until they found an area to dig the hole that would serve as Peter's grave. The men dragged Peter into the hole and covered him with dirt and branches. And I know Peter's injury list is extensive and he might have died from a fractured skull, but the f- in his autopsy, he had inhaled a lot of that dirt and stuff that had been in there. So they think that he had asphyxiated underneath. And with only Terry left, they drove him home. The men stopped periodically to dispose of Peter's clothes, his hat, his glasses. They explained to Terry that they had to kill Peter as a sacrifice to Satan. They stopped for food and cleaned themselves up in a public bathroom. Bob asked Terry where he lived and made him promise that he wouldn't tell anyone what had happened. They shook on it and he gave him a pocket knife. Terry ran home after he was dropped where near where he actually lived, and he talked to his mother, and the two of them went to the police. Terry underwent extensive questioning the next day on May 5th because police were suspicious. Why would two people brutally torture and murder one young boy and then simply drop the other one off at home when they were done? Yeah, the police... Lost that suspicion when Terry was able to take them to the unmarked grave of his friend and the mangled body of Peter Aston was found. And the news of his death was everywhere. It spread incredibly fast. There was a broadcast that went out for everyone to be on the lookout for this mustard-colored four-wheel drive Daihatsu. News and radio stations had description of these men, their names, Bob and Paul and that the men should be considered armed and dangerous. And these guys were fucking idiots. From the get-go, obviously because they're monsters, but just in general, they're morons. Um, Those are their real names, for the record. (laughs) We love a dumb criminal. We love a dumb criminal. Less than a day after Terry Ryan had shown police where Peter was, private, Robert Ponzetti was suddenly woken by his friends, Private Paul Luckman and Corporal Robin Reed, better known as Bob, at the Inagra Army Camp outside of Brisbane. Reed was doubled over in pain and asked Ponzetti if he could take them to the hospital that was off base. Of course, Ponzetti agreed, and the three rushed out to Ponzetti's blue 1978 Holden Sunburn. And the moment Ponzetti started the car, Luckman pulled a knife, put it up to his throat, and demanded the car. Reed obviously was not having any stomach issues and revealed a pair of handcuffs, which he used to restrain Ponzetti's hands behind his back. The men, 34-year-old Robin, better known as Bob Reed, and 17-year-old Paul Luckman were attempting to make a getaway. The mustard daihatsu was only feet away from the sunbird in the parking lot, and the men began to move things from the trunk of the yellow vehicle into the trunk of the blue one. As they drove, the men told Ponzetti that it had been them that had killed that kid that was all over the news. They said that they had just wanted to explore and it had been a mistake, but the other kid, Terry, had told on them and now they had to get out. They assured the man that as long as he kept quiet, nothing would happen to him or his car. And again, 
they shook hands with Ponsetti as he promised he would not tell. He would say that his car had been stolen by a couple of 20-somethings, and he would give descriptions that didn't fit Reed and Luckman, and they were placated. They dropped him off outside of the car. Robert Ponzetti hitchhiked to the police station and went to them immediately. He (laughs) had to hitchhike into a town which wasn't that far from where they had left him, but around midday he was able to tell police exactly what had happened And a roadblock was established, which forced the two men in Ponzetti's Blue Sunbird to stop. Robin Reed and Paul Luckman were arrested. But before that had even happened, what they didn't realize was that an anonymous tip had already been telephoned into police, suggesting that the vehicle that had been all over the news belonged to a Bob and Paul. It was probably Robin Reed and Paul Luckman's, two roommates based out of Inagra Army Camp. A combination of Queensland and New South Wales detectives descended upon the base and found the vehicle pretty much immediately, though the men that it belonged to seemed to be missing. Inside the car, they found three knives and a baton. The room provided significantly more evidence. From Reed's side of the room, they removed 37 more knives, eight swords, a cutlass, which is a pirate sword, a spearhead, and two scalpels. From Luckman's side, they removed a bloodstained shirt and pants. And after asking the base hospital about a pair of crutches they had found, the hospital was like, yeah, he came in because he had a bruised and swollen foot after he dropped a suitcase on it, and the crutches had been issued to him. He went in the night of Peter's murder, and his foot had been bruised and swollen due to the force that he had used when kicking Peter. They found a number of pornographic books, books on Satanism, a photo album that had human hair samples in it that were ID'd with names and locations from where the hair had come from. For example, there was like a little thing of hair and it said like Derek H. Underarms. That's was gross. One of, it's one of the most disturbing things to me, I was just like, ew, gross. And it was lots of different people, like little weird, creepy trophies. A journal revealed a handwritten story about a boy being led down a dirt track at knife point while he was held in a headlock and forcibly undressed. The beauty of the timing with these assholes is that while detectives were pulling all of this evidence from the car and their room, they got a radio that said, Reed and Luckman were in police custody. So they were pulling all this evidence before they even knew that they were in custody. That's awesome. It was just, you love to see it. You love when karma hits that hard. Yeah, and that quick. Yeah. So they went to interview them, and these guys tried to incriminate Terry, who they referred to as the little one. But mostly they just blamed each other. In his police statement, Bob Reed said, The little one asked us if he could join, and we said yes. The little one helped us. He burned the big one with a cigarette. He put a hole in the big one's ears. He kicked him. I can't remember a lot, but I have a strong feeling that I stabbed the big one because although they didn't like him, I didn't want to see him in agony. In Paul's statement, he said that he caught Peter during one of his escape attempts and Terry grabbed a can of insect repellent and matches and lit it 
towards Peter's hair on his head and to his genitals, and that Bob had been the primary torturer. So both of these guys are trying to pin this on the 13-year-old kid that they kidnapped. And each other. But not themselves. No, no, of course. Of course not. The men were formally charged with the murder of Peter Aston, and the next day, investigators took Reed to the murder scene where his tune changed. He told them exactly what had happened in explicit detail, and he was proud. He told them where all of the weapons were hid, and they were all retrieved because of it. They had committed this horrific crime, but no one really understood why. Bob Reed had been in charge of room assignments for new privates that came into Inaugura Camp when Paul Luckman arrived. Paul was young, he's 17, he was vulnerable, but he was also interested in and easily gripped by Reed's own growing fascination with sexual torture fantasies and violence. In fact, only a few weeks before Peter and Terry were kidnapped, the men had gotten drunk and told friends about how they wanted to kidnap and torture and sacrifice people on a stone altar. Reed had described how he wanted to cause pain and bury their bodies in shallow graves where they wouldn't be found for decades. Two days before Peter and Terry, the men picked up another hitchhiker named John Bruce. They blindfolded him and held him at gunpoint while they brutally beat him before they dropped him exactly where they had picked him up. Bob Reed told police that they hadn't killed him because he was still in control of his reality and his emotions at the time, and he couldn't murder John Bruce even though he wanted to. And when he picked up Peter and Terry, the urge to kill had been getting stronger. The trial began on November 8, 1982. Paul Luckman pleaded not guilty, and Robin Reed pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. They couldn't even show pictures of Peter at the trial because the judge and prosecution agreed that they would affect the jury to the extent that they could no longer provide clear judgment. However, Terry Ryan was able to give his evidence, and both men were found guilty on November 28, 1982, and they were given life sentences. But, because I feel like my cases always have a but, Paul Luckman began hormone therapy while in prison, and after psychiatric analysis, he underwent gender reassignment surgery in 1990. In 1999, she was paroled and released from prison. She moved to a house that was within 600 feet of an elementary school. The public found out and freaked. They moved her, but she is free, despite research from criminologists that suggests that her pedophilic and psychopathic tendencies are unlikely to change. Yep. Guys, we blinked and summer is almost over. For parents, that means we are sending our kids back to school and we know how important it is to start days off with a healthy, nutritious breakfast. Unfortunately, healthy and nutritious usually don't align with what our kids are hungry for. Never fear, parents. Magic Spoon takes the guilt out of those busy mornings. Magic Spoon comes in a variety pack with four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs. Also, only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. 
Our kids can experience the cereal we had as kids, only now it's super nutritious. Go to magicspoon.com slash gruesome to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code gruesome at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash gruesome and use the code gruesome, G-R-U-E-S-O-M-E, to save $5 off. And thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Understand that here in the States, at times we have extremely harsh punishments for crimes. I understand that over here most of the time, that would have been like, <laughs> you're probably on death row for something uh, that... Both of them, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. I do not understand how a crime against a child, one, strike one, two, against another child, forcing Terry to do what they made him do. Yeah. Strike three is the fucking sheer brutality of that crime. She should have never been paroled. Ever. Not, no, she should 100% still be in prison. And the public, it keeps getting outed where she's at, and they keep rioting, like, every time. It's good. They yeah. should. They should they absolutely should. Yeah. do that. There is no way that human being should see the light of day again. No. Ever. Nope. And Terry, I read, has struggled in adult life. He himself has now been in and out of jail and struggles with PTSD and nightmares. And of course he does. Like, yeah. I would be more concerned if they're like, oh, yeah, he lives a perfectly normal life. Yeah. So I know <laughs> your face the whole time was just straight. And I read like normally when I write a case this long, it takes me like 45 minutes. But you were so just like, what the fudge the whole time staring at me that I read through that pretty quickly. And I'm I want to cry because two lives were taken that day, Terry's and Peter's. Mm -hmm. And I just. It's just the like dichotomy, too, of the pure innocence of just like playing hooky, shoplifting from stores. And like maybe that doesn't sound as innocent when you're an adult. But at 13, you're just a kid. You're just doing what's fun, you know, to you. When I got in trouble for skipping school, I wasn't wanting to go to school because I was being bullied. Like, and I feel like as a 33-year-old woman to come out and say, like, oh, yeah, I was getting bullied so bad that I could not physically go to school makes me, I feel like a child saying that, like, oh, I was being bullied. But, like, no, it's true. And that's what was happening here, too. There have been anywhere, anywhere, if I did not have to go back to the school because. 99% of the time, kids are getting bullied for shit they can't change. Like being like wearing glasses, like being tall, like being a new kid from out of town. Yeah. That's what happened with me. Like I was new and it was like a whole girls club that I tried so hard to be a part of. And then I realized like it was just a fucking train wreck and it was nothing but drama. But like I got arrested 
for trying to be part of like the fallout from being trying to be part of that group because I did I didn't want to go to school because they kids are so mean like just so mean and you you already have that like he's already struggling because he was bullied and then he's willing to hitchhike 17 hours yeah to get to and I I'm not sure if that was where he was from or if that's just where his brother was because I think I read that he was from Victoria so he's just trying to get to someone you know that's safe for him his brother mm-hmm Oh, my God. It's just so kudos to Terry and the other private who immediately went to the police. And whoever sent in the anonymous tip, it was just like a anyone of getting caught. Well, this guy was so nuts. He had literally gone to or these guys, they were going to the movies with another guy and they were the ones telling this other guy all of this stuff that they wanted to do to people. And he had called in after this started coming out and was like, hey, they told me that they wanted to do this stuff. And it's just like, what do you do if someone starts telling you that? You know, what if, like, are they just going about it in a way that makes you think that they're joking? Are they... I would think you'd have to because I would question if not why would you not why would you still go to the movies with them one yeah i'd be like guys i gotta go oh i just got sorry i'm so sorry i'm so sick right now i am not gonna make it tonight friends um bob reed is still in prison fortunately but i'm curious as to why he is but she is not i don't know i um I do not know why she was paroled. I can imagine that maybe it had something to do with, I mean, she she obviously had to go through a lot of psychiatric evaluation to have that all done while she was in prison for these crimes. And I have such strong empathy for anyone who's trans because I, you know, I I feel, I can't understand the mental toll it must take on a person to not feel like themselves in their own body. Like to feel like you're in prison in your own body. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I have so much empathy for that. I, it's a struggle that, you know, it's does take a huge mental toll toll on you. And we don't understand it. Like I don't understand it, but understand it. That does not make you brutally murder a 13 year old though. Nope. Nope. And and say a 13 year old and torture a 13 year old and using being like oh well you know i had gender reassignment surgery it's you know it's you feel like a different person you feel like the person you've always been but that doesn't take away the crime that you committed nope and honestly that that's a spit in the face to anyone who is trans who's not going out killing and doing this to 13 year old kids yeah like that's a good way to put that it's uh, she should be in prison and I'm real pissed off that she's not because that's disgusting. My love language is gift giving and one of my favorite things to give is an experience, which is why Let's Make Art is so awesome because I can send my best friend Connie or even her kids the gift of learning how to paint and create. Anyone can have art supplies delivered right to their door in the form of monthly subscriptions, project kits, and supplies for a variety of activities. Whether you're a total beginner or you've mastered the arts, 
The supplies and tutorials in each art box are designed to encourage, support, and enhance your experience with art. Let's Make Art has taken the guesswork out of crafting and created kits for various mediums and interests. You can follow along with free tutorials courtesy of Let's Make Art's in-house artists to learn how to paint with watercolor or acrylics, or you could pick up art journaling. Go to letsmakeart.com and start your next art project today. Be sure to use our promo code GRUESOMEART, all one word, at checkout to save 20% off your first order. We've posted our special link in the show notes, and remember to use Gruesome Art to save 20% off. Thank you, Let's Make Art, for sponsoring this episode. I can't imagine finding out that you live next to that person. I would be furious. But this is how I know Aussies are nicer than Americans, because <laughs> they end up being like, all right. I've I feel like that's what kept happening, though, is they kept essentially running her out. So she's had to move around like good every time. And yeah, her feels comfortable in her house. I hope every time someone's like, knock, 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 bitch. (laughs) Like, here we are. (laughs) I hope she gets stranded on a desert island and has to drink salt water until she dies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cruel and unusual punishment. I'm in on this one. Like, let's go. Both of them. Yeah. Come on. Like, and to be like, oh, it was for, we have had the conversation. And honestly, I never thought I would say this. I have had conversations with, you know, members of the satanic church. And it's not Satanism. Yeah, that's not. not. Like, that is not what it is. So not only are they like fucking with every like minority, it's like, you know what else we're going to be wrong about? Satanism. Sure. Because it goes, just, it's the same thing. It, you know, you because they're satanic panic. Yeah, like you get to the satanic panic, and they're like, "Well, you know, they worship Satan." And other people who are like members of the, you know, satanic church, they're not like they're like, "Wait a second, we are not doing this." Like that's not what yeah. we're doing. That's not a thing. And <laughs> oh yeah, it's just people like this who are so self-serving they're only they're not even considering what anyone else thinks about what it is now they're not even considering like what the people who write the books about it are considering they're just like oh no i'm gonna use this for what i want i'm gonna take the parts that i like and use it and then they murder people Mm. it's just like picking and choosing to fit your narrative yeah it's kind of like what politicians do it's like what a lot of groups of people do (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it's just woof i cried when i was writing this probably seven times i just every time i was like which is also why i might have like went through it a little quicker just because i knowing how much he suffered and that he was alive through to the very end of it makes me want to vomit because how hard he must have been fighting yeah to to continuously try to get away, to still be alive after being beaten in the head, after being stabbed repeatedly in the head. I didn't read his injury list because it was incredibly extensive, and I feel like you guys got the gist of what had happened to him. Yeah. Especially based on the fact that they couldn't show pictures of him at the trial. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. I have no words. I'm sorry. Sorry for the bummer. 
Thanks, Australia, <laughs> for the super bummer case. Uh, there is a book called Shallow Graves by Paul B. Kidd, and this is, uh, I got some of the information from that book in this story, but uh, recommend, I guess, if you want more stories akin to this. I just don't think I would ever want to be buried. Unless I was no, not even deceased. when I'm dead. I don't care what happens to me after that part. Nope, I don't even want to be buried when I'm dead. We've had this conversation. Yeah, I know. Someone literally just tagged me about that if you spend $10,000 on a wood box, I'll lose my ghost shit because I will. Yeah, why? It, that's a lot. <laughs> You're going to trap me in a box? No. <laughs> my My will is simply just going to say, like, for plans burial plans i'm like whatever's cheapest <laughs> that's all your will says whatever's cheapest i'm gonna say allow my ghost to roam this earthly plane and i won't haunt you but if you don't i'll make it my mission to come back and haunt you intentionally i would assume that as a ghost i would be a huge fucking potato <laughs> a potato ghost I just want to do nothing in my afterlife. <laughs> I just want to watch. I want to spy on people. I want to know yeah. all the details that I couldn't get in the real like, life. The like, only time the house that I'm haunting is going to know I'm there is if they change the channel to something I don't want to watch. I'm just going to like, like mm-hmm. flicker the lights. It's going to go back to Law & Order SCU. No. No. <laughs> that episode's not done yet. Excuse me, sir. Can I Speaking help Speaking of ghosts that are annoying... Are you a physician looking for a change? Consider Locum Tenens. Whether you are burned out, need a change of pace, or are looking to supplement your income, Locum Tenens might be the solution for you. LocumStory.com is the perfect place to start if you want to learn more about Locum Tenens. LocumStory.com has answers to basic questions like, what is Locum Tenens? To more complex questions about pay ranges, taxes, licensing, and many others. The Locum Story blog also features content and perspectives from actual Locum's physicians who have firsthand Locum's experience. LocumStory.com has nothing to sell. It's simply a resource for information. You'll find super handy tools that let you see Locum's trends for your specialty, compare different Locum's agencies, and there's even a quiz to help you decide if Locum's is right for you. Visit LocumStory.com today to learn more about Locum tenants and see if it is right for you. I know last week I talked about how I am easily manipulated by cute things, but I'm also easily manipulated by Halloween-themed things, and that happened to me when I bought a box of dots because they were ghosts, said. Halloween ghost dots, and they're little, they're like bluish-green see-through, and I thought they would have little ghost faces on them, but they don't, and they're all that color. They don't have ghost faces. They're just shaped like regular dots. They're mystery flavors. And really the fact that they didn't have little ghost faces. You got got. I got got. I paid $1.99 for those. And I do feel a little sick because I ate too many of them. I September 1st is my go ahead. It's pretty much September 1st now. I know, but I have to, it's one of those (laughs) things I have to stick to in my head. Like it's like I have to, September 1st is when fall. When it's, you know, witchy season. Nope. I was walking through and I saw them and I was like, okay, I'm going to get these because they're supposed, 
on the package there are little ghost dots and they have little ghost faces and i was like oh so cute i want to eat those but they didn't have little ghost faces it's like a pinterest fail it was how dare they how dare you dots that's false advertising i would be like excuse me where are the ghost faces i was with my brother when i got them and i poured some for i was he was held his hand out so i could pour some in there and i was like he said these smell awful i was like do you not like dots he was like no i love them and he shoved the entire handful in his mouth and i was like you're disgusting like now i kind of don't like dots because i just watched you do that <laughs> it, was, it was that was also a horrific true crime that happened <laughs> i have a horrific true crime to talk to you about i went to krispy kreme yesterday <gasps> tell me if about it made- if there were any hot donuts i'm gonna riot if you are a listener and you work at Krispy Kreme, I need to know what I'm doing wrong, okay? This is now the seventh time I have stepped into a Krispy Kreme. The, I, we pull up. I took my son and one of his friends yesterday and my husband and my father-in-law to a Cincinnati Reds game for my son's birthday. On the way back, I looked at the clock. I'm like, it's almost six o'clock. You know what that means? It's hot light time. And like I had volunteered to drive home for... Um, sorry, I just read like a Discord popped up. I saw it too up on my <laughs> and computer, I was like, and I was oh. like, with the utmost respect, we see you. Yeah, <laughs> we see you. <laughs> no, you're allowed to ask that in the Discord. It's fine. We're not going to tell you what they asked. You got to sign up for Patreon and go read it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but I. The hot light was on. I pulled into the parking lot and I'm like crying tears of happiness. I was like, oh my God, I get my hot donuts. It's been since forever. Thank God it's finally happening. I go in, I take a video. They're making the hot donuts and I'm like, I can't fucking believe this. This is happening. I ordered three dozen. (gasps) Three dozen hot donuts? I got them and they were cold donuts. I was like feeling the bottom and I was like, okay, well maybe that because I had gotten some from my father-in-law that had the chocolate on top. I was like, those obviously are not hot and fresh. Those are not the ones. Maybe once I get to the car, I'll feel like how hot this is. No, it was cold donuts still. And I cried. Real tears. Why didn't you go back and say, hey, I ordered. Did you tell them when you ordered, like, I want hot yeah, ones? I did. But I didn't want the confrontation. And, it, like, I felt like she was, su- the girl was super busy. So I didn't want to, like, maybe I misunderstood something. But I know for before I've got them hot. Maybe it's like we're making them hot, but like those are not the ones you get. You have to get <laughs> lights just on so you think they're hot, but they're not really. So if you've been listening to our Krispy Kreme saga over the past several months at this point, fuck Krispy Kreme. I'm never going back. I'm over <laughs> it. Like <laughs> don't add the donuts are trash. Me. We don't love you anymore. <laughs> I'm going back to my local bakery because I know those are cold donuts. But whatever. You know, it's probably you know your local's probably the way to go. Maybe you could ask them. Maybe you could be like, hey, can what you time make do me I a have hot donut? No, I think theirs are donuts? imported too. I don't think they make their own. You know what I annoys just, me? When people get the frozen donuts and then they bake them and frost them. Like I can always tell those kind when I get them and I'm like, oh, you assholes. This is not what I wanted, but I will take what's available. Yeah, I was like, try like, because my husband said the same thing. He's like, why don't you just go in and be like, hey, I wanted hot donuts. I'm like, well, 
I had to check, so I've touched all of them. <laughs> just like like dominoes, just all the way down. <laughs> I mean, did I get home and put it in the microwave for 10 seconds? Well, yeah, but that's not what I wanted to do. And it's not the same. I was just so like, I felt like I was being punked. Like I was like looking around like I was on the office. I'll make this. Am I being punked? Is this a joke? Like I took a picture. Hold on. Did I send it to you? No. Look, this is how excited I was yesterday. If you are another plug for Patreon, you'll get to see Look, I know you are busy because it was your kid's birthday. Look, I was so excited. I took a picture of the hot and ready side. Like I was like, I'm hot and ready. <laughs> I'm on ready too for these donuts, baby. Let's get it. Well, so I know well, that you are busy this weekend, and I didn't hear from you because you were busy. And I was like, "Oh no, she's mad at me." I did it. I did the thing where I made up a situation in my head, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I was mad, all right, but it wasn't at you. It was at Krispy Kreme." <laughs> and the number of sexual innuendos a husband can make about a hot clay soda is infinite. And being hot and ready and yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Oh, you gotta I I'm now thinking of the innuendos. Okay. <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> oh, speaking of sexual innuendos. I I talked to Megan about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, for your extra tidbit of the day did you guys know that they i read this article oh man i clicked off of it where did it go uh, i read this article today where it said that they explorers and like voyagers and fishermen when they would go out to sea they would just draw the things that they saw because obviously there's like no cameras and that a whale's penis when drawn like outside or like octopus tentacles outside of the water it looks like the Loch Ness monster so there was this whole thing like, did you think that, did you know that there's a possibility some of these Loch Ness monster and sea monster sightings are just like whale penises and like. Are they just uh, like sticking their dick out of the water? Is that what's happening? Like yeah. They just got to get it some fresh air. Yeah. Did you? I, I think oh, I know. Who I'm going to Google whale it. dicks. Damn it. Okay. How do I Google this without getting porn? Uh, Maybe whale penis. Coming out of water. I don't know what else to Google. Thank you, Google, for oh look, there's and there's a thing. Yeah. Ew. I'm disgusted and intrigued, and I see why people might think it looks like the Loch Ness monster. But again, why are whales sticking their wieners out of the water? Yeah, yeah that's what. That's also like extremely large and in charge, and that's not something I would want popping out yeah, of the water at me. That's making me feel a little gaggy. Ugh. Oh, it's like salty and blah. <laughs> okay, we're done. <laughs> All right, we're done with that one too. Tab out, tap me out. Um, that's horrifying. I love um lore like about Loch Ness monsters or I'm Fae obsessed or with the Loch Ness. Yeah, I love it. in general. So I was very intrigued by your question, but now I'm disgusted. And <laughs> I mean, I do think that the Loch Ness monster is really low. We're gonna go with yes. Oh, for sure. I think it's just a dinosaur, though. I got into a conversation about uh, Bigfoot in the line at the craft store on accident. There was an old man in front of me, and he, I don't know, he must have just been able to sense that I was also fellow Bigfoot believer. And he was just like, I got a Bigfoot in my backyard. I was like, do you? 
because I talked to strangers. And he was like, yeah, it's really cool. That's got a baby and it's a mom. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And he was like, you know, I hope they don't ever catch one. And I was like, me too, man. I'm with you. But he got real serious about it all of a sudden. I was like, I loved him. He was really wacky. He was a wacky old guy. But um, yeah, he was. I never would have they- known that because I just would have been like, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> cool story. No, uh, he asked about something in my cart, and I said something about like you got to keep the joy in your life, right? And he was like, "Oh, he said, oh yeah, I got a Bigfoot in my backyard," and he explained what they were. They're like statues of Bigfoots that he keeps in his backyard. And then he got, he was like, "But I hope they never catch one. I think they're real. I think they're out there, and I hope they never see them." And I was like, "I'm with you, man." I don't believe in Bigfoot per se i believe in forest people (laughs) and them just being like forest people national park people look it up guys it's terrifying i know we keep promising a national parks thing i know but it scares me too (laughs) you're like i can't do it it's too scary (laughs) go hiking like i like to be out in the wilderness and every time i start to research it i'm like oh no they're gonna get me they're gonna pull me into a crick that's so scary are you team crick or team creek creek me too how about you guys are you guys team crick or team creek i think crick is weird i don't know i can't do it sometimes they say if i'm joking gotta go down by the creek i'm doing a voice yeah i do the voice too when i'm like it's like how my grandpa (laughs) used to talk yeah yeah like washing washing machine cricks Mm -hmm. other I over-enunciate everything anyways. It's a problem. <laughs> I don't think you over-enunciate. Well, I say like cabinet, like cabinet. But I went to speech when I was like really young. So I had to focus on the syllables. So now I say every syllable in the word. Uh, earlier, we went on a little hike and my older daughter was like, look, mom, a cardinal, a cardinal, a cardinal. And she gets my girl. cardinal. And I, I was like, I see it. I see it. Cardinal. That's how I say it. Cardinal. Cardinal. Yeah. Maybe she's only ever heard you say. <laughs> she just got it from you. It's so funny. Like we talk about this all the time, but like Megan's daughter is me. She is raising me. Yeah. And I, I witchcraft you put on me. I feel both joy and sadness for you for that. Cause I know they're like, oh. but Hey, we're great adults. Teenage years are going to get a little dicey, Meg, so hold on. She's going to swap her out. They'll be like, look, you put this evil on me, Ricky Bobby. You take this one for like like three to five. Her and I love each other so much because we just love ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're great. We say that all the time. I'm always like, dude, we are so awesome. (laughs) I'm like, you know, Aquarius, we're the best, right? She's (laughs) like, what insane. I keep seeing, I don't know, one of the meme pages I follow, one of the horoscope meme pages, keeps putting like uh, couples, like horror astrological couples together. And I'm like, where's Aquarius and Gemini? Put it up there. But they haven't done one yet. Name a better duo. I'll wait. (laughs) Name a better duo. Are there any, are there any, signs that like when you hear someone is one you're like yeah but i don't want to yeah we'll talk about it later (laughs) i was like i don't want to make anyone feel bad about it 
But yes, there's two, and they are next to each other. I only have, I have two as well, and it's because I used to attract a lot of them, and then now I'm like, oh, they're all trash, but it's just because they're all my exes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got to type, I guess. (laughs) Dash of trash, just how I like it. (laughs) Oh, jeez. I can't get Loch Ness whale penis out of my head. I'm like trying to scrub it, and it's like it just keeps bleeping back in there, like Loch Ness whale penis in the middle of every sentence I say. If you don't put it, is the very last. No, you can't put it on the episode post, but I'm going to put it somewhere on something. I will. I'll put it on the Instagram pictures when I make my Instagram post for the episode. What are you doing on there? I was just like doodling. I realized I was like writing on stuff. (laughs) You looked very, uh, very into it. Well, I was like kind of my brain had like relaxed a little bit for the from the post conversation. And then I got like, I'm sure you could see it on my face immediately bummed thinking about the case for this week. Yeah, it was. It was rough. Blame our friends in Australia. How dare you? Come on, guys. I love you all. Big and small. but. (laughs) This was a rough one. I think it's it gets inc- like it gets even more difficult when the victims are the age and gender of my children. Yeah, just and that's my the, that's my oldest age. Just about scary, scary. It's just crazy to me to think about how many horrible people are just like pretending to fix their cars on the side of the road. Yeah, that's. I was thinking. I was like, he must have seen them walking. And then drove up and pulled over. That's what I was thinking, too. He had to know they were hitchhiking or that they were, like, looking for a ride. Also, and the other guy was an adult, you know? Mm -hmm. So the guy that he had kidnapped or, you know, yes, kidnapped. Kidnapped, yeah. Two days before, that was an adult. And then these were kids. So I'm just like. The adult was probably too tough for them. Too tough? Or they were just, like, people... Maybe they'll think these kids are running away because he said that they told him where they were going and why they were going there and that they had been shoplifting. So maybe he just thought, like, this will be a kid that people just thought ran away. That's a horrible Which misconception. Is... <sighs> On that note, brought it up, yeah. then brought it back down. Yeah, Sorry, back guys. down. But, okay. Uh, housekeeping items for this week just like because school's starting and i'm getting my teacher voice on uh join our patreon if you don't like ads we have a really really dirt cheap option i promise you the cheapest of the cheap you can listen to episodes ad free we got a lot of cool shit on there bonus episodes sticker of the month club we hang out every month on discord with our patrons which is awesome it's actually i sent the stickers out Early this month. <laughs> oh, you. They went out like a week early. So you should be seeing them soon, subscribers. For our St. Karen stance, next month would be the month because she'll be up for September. Hang out with us and our Patreon subscribers for our live mm-hmm. on Discord. Yeah. And if she didn't know, now she does. <laughs> she knows. She's been she excited knows. about it. Good. All right. Well, See you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to Gruesome Horrific True Crime. 
a Zencaster-powered podcast. Seriously, we wouldn't be here without them. Zencaster is simple to use and makes it easy to edit your own podcast. Zencaster gives you automatic, high-quality post-production sound, transcription, and HD video recordings of all of your episodes. If you want to start a podcast, and we think you should, click the link in the show notes or at our website and use the code GRUESOME with a capital G for 30% off your first three months. We love you, beautiful strangers. And if you love us too, here are some ways that you can support Gruesome. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or a five-star rating on Spotify. This helps other true crime connoisseurs find us. Follow us at Gruesome Podcasts on Instagram or TikTok and talk to us on our posts. Join the Patreon. Sign up to join our True Crime Sticker of the Month Club and gain access to bonus episodes and exclusive Patreon perks. Or if a one-time donation is more your thing, we have a Venmo at Gruesome Podcast and a PayPal via our email, gruesomepodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of which, we love hearing from you. It seriously makes our whole life. So send us your questions, comments, suggestions, or just ask our opinion on whether that person you met on Tinder is a serial killer or not. Tune in next week and don't forget, lock your windows, lock your doors, and on Wednesdays, we're, we're gruesome. gruesome. Bye. Bye. Bye.